In the last few weeks, we've been uh, looking at this uh, wonderful injunction for us to, to pray. And one of the things was to pray without ceasing, to pray as a, as a, as a dwelling, as a, to be prayer. Prayer, in actual fact, is to be present to God. When I chatted with Trevor Wood, that's what he told me. He said, prayer, praying without ceasing, is actually just be pre- to be present to God. And so you and I are called to pray without ceasing, to dwell in God uh, 24-7. And so that's what we've been having a look at. And we looked at Exodus uh, chapter 33 last week. And uh, we looked at just a, a few of the first, uh, what is it, about uh, 11 verses. And it's about the t- main thing was about the tent of meeting where Moses would go into the tent the, 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 of meeting, the tabernacle, and he would go into that tent and he would meet with God as a, as a man meets face to face, as you and I meet face to face. And that's, that's important. It's just wonderful that we can meet face to face. I know we have masks, but we can still just see each other's eyes, eh? And that's, that's beautiful. I have FaceTime with Amy in Germany. And I can't see her, her uh, in a, live, but I'm seeing her. Uh, how many kilometers is she away? Uh, 8,929 kilometers away. That's where she is. And I can have FaceTime with her. I can see her. I can see her on the screen. And it's wonderful. And we do that probably almost on a daily basis, if not every other day. And so the story is, if you remember rightly from, from last week, it's, the, it's about the presence of God. Uh, God has said to, to Moses, he's like really bleak with the, with the Israelites. They've built a golden calf and he, he's not going to go with them to the promised land. He's going to send an angel. He's just going to send an angel and uh, to some that might be okay. But they realized that what they needed was the presence of God. And that's what you and I need. We have the presence of God, and that's just so exciting. And so in uh, the verses 12 onwards, we see Moses. Let me just, I'll read a few, a few lines there, I think. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. So at this stage... Uh, Moses is not sure who's going to go with him. He's promised a, a, an angel, but, but Moses wants the presence of God, the real presence of God to, to, to go with him. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor, in order to find favor in your sight. Consider to this nation, this nation, these Israelites, these grumpy ones, these ones who turned their back on you, they are your people. And he said, this is what God's response to him was. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Isn't that a beautiful story? It's a beautiful picture of, of, of uh, Moses interceding to the Lord. And saying, come on, Lord, you've got to come with us. If you don't come with us, we're not going to go. 
And he asks a few questions, and if you carry on reading, maybe, again, I think read for homework. Go and read Exodus 33. Read it over and over and over. Let it just fill your heart and your soul, because it, it's just, there's so much rich stuff. Every time I'm looking at it, and I've been looking at it for a couple of weeks now, I get more and more excited, and I see more and more things. So Moses is having this conversation with God. And really, in the end of the day, that's what prayer is, that's what communion is, that, that we commune with the, the living God, that we just have conversations with Him. And the one thing that, that Moses asks, he says, other than His presence to go, go with Him, He says, show me your ways that I might know you in order to find favor in your sight. So Moses wants to know God. Why? Because if he knows God, then he can... Uh, he can please God and he can find favor in his sight. He wants to know God. I mean, if you ever look, this is 33 chapters into the book of Exodus, into Moses' um, walk with him. And, and it's just been a, a miraculous thing. It's been a, a burning bush. There's the presence of God. The, the bush is in flames. And he to, gets told to take off his, his uh, sandals. And then he gets told, he, uh, the Lord says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and set my people free, free them from the Egyptians. That's a big task. That's a huge, tall order. You don't just walk into a nation and say, look, I want uh, your labor force. We're going to, we're going to, we, 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 we out of here. And so this is a, a huge call. And, 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 um, Moses walks with God, and there's, there's miracle after miracle. There's hitting rocks and water coming out. There's red, red seas passing. And yet in chapter 33, what does he say? He says, I want to know you. Jonathan, I think you've been serving Jesus for 55 years, 60 years, somewhere in that region. You haven't arrived. We haven't arrived. There's more. There's, there's always more in our walk with Jesus. And it's, it's wonderfully exciting that there's, there's more to learn about this God, this God of the universe, this omnipotent one, this omnipresent one, this omniscient one, all those big, long, complicated words which I can hardly pronounce. This is the God that we are getting to know and we can know because He drew near to us in Jesus. And so Moses wants to know God. Not just in, a, in, a, in an intellectual way, but he wants to know him experientially. I'll get that right eventually. Experientially. We, we want a heart knowledge. In, 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 in the Ephesians, Paul prays that the eyes of their heart might be opened. May the eyes of your heart, of my heart, be opened to see Jesus, to know Jesus, to know his ways. Because when we know that, Life is, life is different. And the promise that he, just after he asked for that, he said, God promises, he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Isn't that amazing? Presence brings you what? Rest. Presence brings you peace. Presence brings you freedom. In the presence of the Lord, there is freedom. If you want to experience freedom and peace, you need to be in the presence of the Lord. 
The, 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 the strong thing about this presence thing, about that was the, the distinguishing factor of the Israelites against all the other nations. It was the presence of God. That's what made the indifference. The presence of God on you and I, in you and I, is the thing that makes us different. You and I are marked by the presence of God. You might not be aware of it, but I'm praying and asking the Lord to open my eyes. I'm talking to myself here. That I would, I would know that, that I would be marked by His presence. That I am, not that I would be, it is, I am marked by His presence. And when you are marked by His presence, then we are marked by things like moral purity, sacrificial giving, godly character, walking in love. We are marked by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because the presence of God lives in us. That's so jolly exciting. We are, we are marked by God, by His presence. The second question, I think, is found in verse 19. And, he, and he, Moses asks to, he says, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. He's quite bold and courageous, this, this Moses. He doesn't, he's, show me your way, show me your glory. Moses wanted more. In fact, he'd already experienced the glory in, in Exodus 16, verse 10, reading from the Amplified Version. So it happened that as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of Israel, they looked towards the wilderness, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory and the brilliance of the Lord appeared in a cloud. So he'd already experienced it. And again, and then a few verses, chapters later, in 24, in chapter 24, verse 16 to 17, he said, The glory and the brilliance of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai. The brilliance and the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai. He was, he was asking for more. Let's never settle. My problem is I settle. I'm, I'm, I, I like things the way they are. But in actual fact, the Lord is challenging us to move into new territories and to move into new promised lands in His presence and to go with Him. Somebody's phone is beeping. Brother Lawrence uh, wrote a book, I'm sure many of you read it, called The Practice of the Presence of God. The Practice of the Presence of God. It's a short book. It's worth getting. I don't know. Maybe the library's got it. Have a look quickly. Get it. I'm sure there's probably a couple of co copies there. This is what he says. He said, if he was a preacher, if I were a preacher, I should preach nothing else but the practice of of the presence of God. There is not in the world a way of life more sweet, more delightful than continual converse with God. Isn't that profound? There's nothing more delightful in this world than continual conversation with God, wherever we are. And we, 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 last week when we looked at, at the scripture, uh, they, could, they had to go to the tent of meeting. There was a place that you had to go to converse with God. A place where His presence dwelt. In the tabernacle. We, we are the tabernacle. We walk wherever we go. God is with us. God is in us. There is nothing sweeter, nothing more glorious than His presence. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 27. One thing I have asked that I will seek after, one thing I desire, 
One thing. What is this one thing that David wants? Is it riches? Is it fame? No. He, he wants, he desires that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. To dwell in the house of the Lord. To dwell in the tabernacle. Just remember, I think this psalm was written before Solomon's temple was built. And so the, the tabernacle was just a little tent. It wasn't like there was no, it wasn't as fancy as this beautiful building with these magnificent stained glass windows. It was just a, just a very ordinary little tent. David wished he could live in the tabernacle itself, surrounded every day by the presence and beauty of the Lord. Surrounded by his holiness. The, the Passion Translation in a little footnote says, he is saying that he longs to be surrounded with God's presence, enclosed and encircled with his holiness. That's what David desired. That's what, is that your desire? Is that my desire? The one thing we, 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 we desire is to be with the Lord, is to dwell in the house of the Lord and how long does he say he wants to dwell in the house of the Lord? All the days of my life. Not just one day, not just occasionally, not just on a Sunday, not just at, at a prayer meeting. He wants to live in the house of the Lord all the days of, of his life. And what would he do there in this beautiful place? What would he do? He would gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. The character of God is so attractive. And so fitted to inspire us that with, with love for him and, and make us, as, as it were, to, to run. That we want to run into his presence. David could think of no better pursuit than the pursuit of God. No better uh, occupation than to fill our minds with the heart and goodness of God. We sang this evening that he... This, this, I get the time right this morning. We've sung that he's a good, good father. Isn't that a, a lovely thought? Just let that wash over your souls today, that he's a good, good father. He, we can call him Abba. We can call him Dad. We can call him Daddy. And he's a good father. And then the final part of that little Psalm 27 is to inquire in his temple, to, to, know, to know him more, to inquire, to ask. And so at the end of the thing, it's, it says, My heart says to you, of Psalm 27, My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. It's the face of God. It's, it's, it's looking face to face. You know, it's when, when we look at, at babies, one of the first things babies, they see the face of mom. And when you go into the, into the pram, like you... you you smile and you Google and you go, you know, you're like kind of, you're like kind of, you smile. There's a smile on your face in babies. That's what, that's, 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 what, that's what we do as people. And God smiles on you. Bless, you know, we sing that, that song, bless the, bless the Lord. What is it? No? Uh, the, uh, the, ironic bless, the ironic blessing. May his face shine upon you. May his countenance be like, maybe there be favor. It's all about favor, all about presence. It's all about looking. So I want to live in this place. This is where I'm trying to live. And uh, 
so what did Brother Lawrence say that we had to do if we wanted to live in his presence? He said, make a holy and firm resolution. For the love of him, live the rest of your days in his holy presence. Never lose the vision of it. Put your hand to the task. So what we've got to do, we've got to put our hand to the task. We've got to make this resolution. And I want us to make a resolution today. I want you to make a resolution today to seek after God, to seek after His presence, to be aware of His presence. You know, in Colossians 3, it says, you see, Paul's in Saint, telling the, 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 the Colossians, set your mind on things above. Seek, seek uh, things above. Think, seek Christ. Seek Christ. That's what we've got to be doing on a day-to-day basis. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. One final thing. What is he saying? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So what are we doing? We are changing our mindset. We are changing our thinking. We are changing and we're starting to think of uh, all these beautiful things. Think about what is honorable, true, right and pure. That's that's what we, we, we've got to do. We can, we can take a part in this thing. We can play that. C.S. Lewis once observed that we seem to be on, a, on an inclined plane away from God and keep rolling away from Him despite our prayers and best intentions. Instead of letting the, this constantly frustrate us, we might take comfort in knowing that this is reality And we call on the Spirit to help us in our infirmities. So when we find ourselves seem to be drifting and not thinking about God and not allowing God into our space, we we need to actually take a hold of ourselves and ask the Holy Spirit to help us and help us in our infirmities, help us when we're struggling. You know that book that that, uh, Brother Lawrence wrote? It's called The Practice of the Presence of God. Practice implies working at something until it becomes natural. So I don't know whether you've ever watched. We, I mean, I'm a golfer, so I love watching the golf. And, and you watch these guys, and they hit these beautiful shots into the over water and around trees. And, and, and they've got a, they just know how to do it. Why do they know how to do it? They spend hours and hours and hours practicing. They spend days and days and weeks practicing. They practice so that when they get to a shot and there's a, they need to, they're now about to hit a shot, which if they can get it close to the pin, they're going to win the, the Masters and they're going to win, uh, I think it's about 50 million rand. That's a little bit nerve-wracking. That's a little bit nerve-wracking. And, and, and so, so you've got a bit of tension in, in, in your swing. But because they practice, when they come there, the, the muscle memory is just there. And they can hit it. And so they practice. We have to practice this thing called the presence of God. Be aware that He is with us wherever I go. Whether it's the pre-service prayer meeting, whether it's the, uh, the bride that I had yesterday, God was with me. Whether it's I might go and play tennis later on this afternoon, God is going to be with me. And just to be aware of that. So I'm going to close because we, I've, I've talked to, 
<laughs> I talked a long time. Let me just get a, I need some water. I need some water. This is really thirsty work. Uh, so the, the, the first point, this is what I want you to take. How do I practice the presence of God? The word helps that. The word helps that. And I'm going to give you a few scriptures which tell you who you are in Jesus and who Jesus is in you. So I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Did you know that? Did you know that you are not your own? It's not about you. It's not about you anymore. As soon as you signed up for Jesus, it wasn't about you. It's about Him. It's about you and I pleasing Him. And it's about you and I living in Him and letting Him live through us. I love it in the, in the Passion Translation. It says, have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the Spirit of Holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer for the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. The Holy Spirit lives in us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And then I want to go to some New Testament scriptures. John 14, 15, 16. Oh, those are 17. In fact, you know, all of John. But, but <laughs> there's, he's, he's, he's chatting to, to the disciples and he says, reading from the New Living Translation, translation John 14 says, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. He's about to go and die. He's about to go and then be with his, his father forever and ever. I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. He's in you. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit, dwells within us. And that's not all. There's more. There's actually more. There's more. Let's get excited about this. There's more. John 14, verse 23. Jesus says, Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them. And we will come and make our home with each of them. We will come. The Father and the Son. I don't understand this. It's too difficult for my little brain to understand. But I just believe that. I just see that is the truth. And that is the truth whether I'm here today, in the, in the mall tomorrow, wherever I am, the presence of God goes with us. So let's, let's be a people. Let's make a resolution today. A resolution to follow Jesus. To, to, to walk with Him. To... Look for his presence, to be aware of his presence, to say, hey, I, the presence of God is in me. So wherever I go, I bring the presence. That changes everything. That changes our cities. That changes our neighborhoods. That changes our homes. Because the presence of God lives in me and you. So I want you to get excited. Let's uh, close with this scripture. Hebrews 13. Verse 5, I will never leave you, nor forsake you, nor abandon you. 
nor loosen my grip on your life. Even, Lord, we, we, we thank you, Lord. I thank you this, this morning. I thank you for this word that you are in us. I thank you for your presence which surrounds us and is in us and, and you go ahead of us and before us and we are wrapped up in you and our life is hidden in Jesus and that profound mystery. And I pray for each one of you this week that you would just let your heart and your mind be swayed by that thought. The presence of God is in me. Whatever there, whenever there's a need, the presence will meet that need. I just wanted to share something that I noticed with Marilyn. Thank you for your beautiful story that just inspires us and encourages us. Um, there's nothing like the body spurring the body on in faith. But I just wanted to say she used the words, believe it or not. She said, believe it or not, <laughs> that day by lunchtime, there was progress. And I wanted to say to us as believers that we get to believe. We do believe, and ours is not the task of believing. Ours is not the job of believing. Ours is the privilege of gazing at Jesus, and as he affords us a deeper and deeper perspective of him, a byproduct of that is to believe. How could he not? You eventually arrive at being shocked when he doesn't heal. So just to say, ours is the privilege of believing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you. We're about to celebrate Anne, who, who walked with God all the days of, just about all the days of her life. And we thank you for the presence, that nothing can separate us from the presence of God. Isn't that beautiful? In Romans it says, not even death, nothing can separate us from his presence. So we thank you, Jesus. Amen.